Good morning on a Friday morning in New York City. That's where we're based. This is Secrets of the Sire coming to you from TalkingAlternative.com. Got a great show today. Got an amazing guest. Going to talk about shared universes. Uh, but first, we're going to take a little, do a little house cleaning like we normally do. Secrets of the Sire brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash secrets of the sire, S-I-R-E, uh, with over 180,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, audible.com is the solution for you. Um, got to keep us, you know, got to keep our, our, our coffers going, so we keep the show going. So if you want to become a sponsor, go to my webpage, secretsofthesire.com, click on the Become a Sponsor link. We've got some great, great options there as well. Uh, some more shameless plugging. We've got a Secrets of the Sire Facebook page. So go to Secrets of the Sire on Facebook. Just search Secrets of the Sire or go to facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. And uh, you'll be able to like us on Facebook. We're on Twitter Periscope and you now. And that's under my name. I'm your host, Michael Dolce. And my handle is Michael underscore Dolce. My Instagram is mdolce64. And last and certainly not least, next week we have an amazing two part crossover special in honor of Batman, Superman. Uh, we're going to be crossing over with the boys from Bad Coyote Funky. Dot com. We actually had them on a few weeks ago as well, too. Sergio, Greg, and the whole bunch. We're going to be doing a Dark Knight Returns book club review, talking about the seminal work from Frank Miller in 1986 and how it ties into the Superman-Batman movie. And that'll be on the 24th. You can go to badcoyotefunky.com. Actually, you can also go to twitch.tv slash badcoyotefunky and check it out there. And then you can come right back very, the very next day on talkingalternative.com. And we're going to talk Superman and Batman, but we're going to talk the dreaded movie trailer sickness that is going on where they essentially gave us the entire movie. Now, to be fair, we're still all going to go see it, but uh, I would have loved to have had some of the nuggets from the trailers um, kept as secrets. Kind of do the J.J. Abrams thing rather than, you know, just blow your load all at once on the trailer. I don't, I don't need to see everything. Uh, and that's what we're going to discuss we're there. So I want to welcome uh, Jeff Gomez to the uh, studio as well. You can say hello, Jeff. Hey there, guys. Jeff and I are going to be talking about shared universes. So if you go to the blog, I have a weekly blog on secretsofthesire.com. So it would be slash blog. Very creative handle there as well, too. Um, and, and, and on that blog, I, I kind of talked about our March Madness bracket. We're doing a uh, March Madness bracket, which speaking of the brackets, you know, my bracket's not busted, but it's... It, it, it took a it took a hit yesterday. My boys from Purdue that I had going into uh, the Sweet 16 getting bounced uh, after having a 13 point lead. That's the uh, beauty and fun of the March Madness basketball brackets. But in our case, we're doing a March Madness franchise Final Four. And last week we had the Batman bracket. I'll be posting an up to date uh, visual on the site later this week. But uh, the Batman bracket we had the Dark Knight from 2008 was the clear. Fan choice for best Batman film franchise. It'll go up against the best Superman franchise, which we'll be talking about next week, and we'll be voting on all week long. Uh, but today, we're going to be talking about the Spider-Man universe, and it's amazing the timing of everything. Spider-Man just appeared in the Civil War trailer, and if you haven't seen it yet, um, well, okay, I can understand if you haven't, because for Star Wars, I saw no trailers. I, I made sure I went in deaf, dumb, and blind to Star Wars, because I wanted to experience the whole thing. Um, but for the Marvel movies, this is kind of cool to see the trailers and kind of see all this stuff. And, you know, there's some comments you can make about Spider-Man. His voice was a little young-sounding, because he's going to be young. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a stark difference from his previous incarnations, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, you know, to, to, <laughs> Andrew Garfield, I think, was, what, 28, playing a 17-year-old? He's very skinny, though, so he can pull that off, <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with that. And um, what we basically have now is the possibility of a Spider-Man movie being exactly what I think we all want, with the exception of the armbands, because I don't know what was going on with the armbands <laughs> on his costume. I don't know why. 
I like I like the old school uh, visors on his eyes, like the eyelids. Uh, that was like kind of like a Steve Ditko, John Romita Sr. throwback instead of the Todd McFarlane um, Amazing Spider-Man franchise where they kind of use the Todd McFarlane big eyes, um, which I actually also like. But I, I like the retro look in the uh, in the trailer. Uh, but I you know, but we're seeing something that now that Spider-Man is in the Marvel Universe, we might really be able to get a true Spider-Man movie. Uh, my, my faults with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was he wasn't funny enough when he was Spider-Man. And you kind of want that, right? That was my take on that. Andrew Garfield was great as Spider-Man, but his Peter Parker was really fidgety and annoying. Um, Emma Stone was, was really great in that movie, but at the same time, you know, that Peter... It's, it's funny. On the one end, I think the, the, the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Mans were just dead on when it came to the Peter Parker dynamic and how he's kind of a loser and he, and he but but as Spider-Man he's not but it didn't it, it didn't go all the way as Spider-Man and then vice versa you had Andrew Garfield where I thought the visuals as Spider-Man were just you know absolutely incredible but the the Peter Parker storylines kind of kind of lagged a little bit so Jeff I want to welcome you aboard what did you think of the Civil War trail actually we'll give you some some History into what Jeff can do and what he does before we even ask him uh, about his opinion. So Jeff uh, works for a company, actually works for a company, he founded a company called Starlet Runner Entertainment. They're based in Manhattan as well. Um, he is a transmedia guru. That's the title I like to give you. <laughs> and um, talk, talk to us about what transmedia is, um, just in general for people that don't uh, kind of understand, and give us... Some of the awesome projects you've worked on. He's worked on Men in Black. He's worked on Avatar. He's worked on the Amazing Spider-Man movies as well. Talk to us about all this cool stuff that you've done. <laughs> sure. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, I've been uh, working in the entertainment business for a long, long time. And I have uh, what uh, pretty much can be concluded as uh, the best job in the universe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get to play in, in uh, everyone's sandboxes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, it's just amazing. You know, um, uh, the notion for me of transmedia storytelling... Uh, comes from the fact that when I was very young, um, uh, this is pre-anything digital, mm -hmm. I, um, uh, uh, I lived here in New York City, and it was a very dark and gritty place back then, and uh, I sought escape in fantasy and science fiction and uh, superheroes, and um, uh, what I what I wished for what I desired was uh, a fantasy universe that was so real that I could kind of like be there mm. instead of in the projects on on the Lower East Side sure um, so the um, um, the the problem would crop up where I would go to the Lois Delancey and watch Planet of the Apes and mm -hmm. then escape from the Planet of the Apes and Conquest you know all these wonderful science fiction movies and I'd love them and I want to see them over and over again and then there would be a comic book of planet of the apes sure. from marvel yep. or a tv series on cbs um or an animated uh, t uh, cartoon of planet of the apes but there was a dinosaur in the animated cartoon um, or, or they would be flying uh, hang gliders and things like that sure. in Planet of the Apes. Like stuff that didn't make any sense. Like it, it, it didn't all kind of fit together. Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't understand that back then. I would just try and make it fit. Sure. You know, in oh, my imagination. True. Yeah. But what, re what was really going on is that the studio that owned the, the franchise, uh, Planet of the Apes, didn't really care what you did with it when you paid them a licensing fee and, uh. and, and created the content. Um, so there was no one uh, who was kind of the visionary to hold it all together and make it make sense. They would just kind of milk it until it was dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, um, and that was frustrating because in a way fans were not respected you know right um so i grew up wishing that there would be story worlds where i was respected and where i found that by the way was in marvel and dc comic books yep. where the cr crossovers and the fact that these were kind of shared universes among the editors and writers of these comic books actually cared enough to 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 create little caption boxes that told me what issue uh this crossed in 
into. I love that, by the way. And that's something that's kind of gone away in modern comics a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I dislike that. I mean, for anybody who um, is unaware, like the, the current state of Marvel and DC, they've been rebooted numbers of times now to try to keep up with the films, which we can talk about a little bit later. But what I used to love was if I picked up Batman 643 and he's talking to Alfred and they say, well, remember what happened when we, when we did it the last time? It would say star. And then you read that. And I remember being in fifth grade, not knowing what it was at first. And then when I figured it out, I said, oh, this it happened before. Awesome. I got to go out awesome. and go pick up issue 600 <laughs> because they're referencing something I haven't read yet. I need to that's go right. find it. And that's what those kind of things would actually fuel the back Collecting. issue market. Yes, so exactly. Continue. So I, 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 I love that. And, um, and unfortunately, in the 70s and even in the 80s in, in the United States, um, uh, all entertainment had something called like the reset button. Mm-hmm. That's what I called it. You watched uh, an episode and then next week it was as if everybody hit the reset button. Right. Nobody remembered what happened. <laughs> You're right. People would make the same mistakes all over mm-hmm. again. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was kind of a drag. It was it felt immature, especially after I got into uh, the Japanese anime and the Japanese uh, science fiction where there was a kind of serial format where where characters did remember what happened, where uh, issues were taken seriously and it took several episodes to solve yeah. some, some sort of uh, crisis. It's funny you mentioned the anime. Sam has lived many lives, Sam, our engineer, and in his previous life he was, uh, was Media Blasters, right? At uh, at and uh, in the anime world, oh, so I, I Jeff is going to every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love my media blasters. So you know, it's there's a, there's a common bond there. You know what's actually funny? You you you've evoked all these images in my head too. Just not just uh, comic book collecting when I was younger, but also Seinfeld was one of the first TV shows to actually reference the fact that they had previous episodes too. They would mention, they would have That's recurring right. characters yes. and they would say, oh, you remember what happened last time this happened? And I remember thinking, I mean, I was maybe in junior high when Seinfeld was, was really hitting his prime. I remember thinking, boy, I've never seen anything like this before. And fast forward now to, you know, 20, well, unfortunately, 20, 25 years later, it's now a common theme. Sure. So, and remember, Seinfeld loved Superman. He was a comic right. book fan. That's right. See, it, it all it all ties together. Um, so Jeff has actually, uh, his company, Starlight Runner, as I kind of briefly mentioned too, has worked with, uh, has worked in the story universe world for um, the Amazing Spider-Man franchise, the Men in Black franchise. It was a very pivotal role in the Men in Black 3 franchise. And the Avatar franchise as well. And he's done, actually, I mean, they've done work silently behind the scenes that you wouldn't even know about it. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Men in Black 3. But we're going to also steer back to that amazing Spider-Man franchise. And the coolness that we kind of have in front of us now that Spider-Man is now part of the Marvel Universe when we return. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire live on TalkingAlternative.com. You can download 
uh, our podcast. The uh, show is on every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkingAlternative.com. You click on the browser, enter that into the URL, and you can find us. Uh, a lot of great shows on the station. In fact, too, want to give some love to 21st Century Entrepreneur. Comes on after us, JC and Joan. Um, and then on every Monday, you just go into iTunes, Secrets of the Sire, and uh, you can download the podcast in case you missed the uh, the live broadcast. Uh, we're with Jeff Gomez from Starlight Runner Entertainment, a transmedia company. Um, so, Jeff, we've mentioned before, we, you've worked, uh, your company has worked on the franchise's Amazing Spider-Man, Men in Black, uh, Avatar. What role did you guys play, and, uh, and you know, how is it connected to shared universes? Well, um, uh, as I... Uh uh, started to work in the entertainment business. Um, uh, at uh, I started at Valiant Comics, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it got acquired by Acclaim Entertainment, um, which was a video game company. I knew games, um, game theory, and um, and the development of games for me was the closest thing to being able to create these universes uh, that I loved so much, mm-hmm. and um, and so. Um, uh, in the 90s, I worked on um, uh, Turok Dinosaur Hunter, a uh, yep. Nintendo 64 game, and helped to build out that world. It was very successful. And, um, and then Magic the Gathering, uh, which was really a, a pivotal uh, point in my career because I uh, suggested to the people who owned uh, Magic the Gathering and to the Acclaim Entertainment people that there was... Uh, I believe that there was a formula, a basis by which a shared universe could be developed from scratch that could operate on different media at the same time. Um, And with the advent of the Internet, uh, this would be really uh, something that could take off because it added the component of an interaction with fans Mm -hmm. so that the fan's voice could be heard while the shared universe was being built. Uh, of course, everyone said, we don't have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and this had better be free <laughs> to, to build. Sure. Um, and um, and I got interns at, at Valiant to help me build wow. uh, 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 this stuff. And um, um, one of your listeners, Hassan Godwin, helped oh, me yeah. to, to build uh, um, uh, the magic uh, uh, websites and stuff like that. Interesting note about Hassan. Hassan was the bass player in my band, which is the music you hear on Seekers Holy of the Sire. Hassan is a killer, <laughs> killer bassist, by the way. Uh, he is amazing. So That's fantastic. Continue. Well, um, uh, it worked. Um, and not only did it work like super well and, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of put me up a few pay rates, um, <laughs> but, um, but I, I left a claim uh, with the understanding that this is something that you can do. Yeah, and I formed Starlight Runner Entertainment um, in order to to basically to to do it to um, to apply a methodology to the uh, uh, creation of story worlds or the extension of story worlds. And um, uh, 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 Mattel Hot Wheels uh, came to us and said, "Okay." smart guy do it with these toys um and we we built a fantasy universe fabian nicieza and i uh deadpool writer deadpool writer (laughs) that's what he's known now Uh, fabian works for for starlight runner so i get to watch him open his deadpool envelopes (laughs) um and uh and we uh we built this this fabulous uh universe and um and it it made buckets of money for for tell and then the walt disney company uh, said well do that help us do that with pirates of the caribbean this is a complicated uh, uh world and we need to know how to make it work on all these new media platforms so what uh, so you're handing them like a story bible saying this is what you can do with these characters you're not and, and for mattel you're actually creating from scratch that's the right. characters and the world that you're in so that's right okay that's right. terrific continue yeah yeah so um, uh, we became known in in, in Hollywood for uh, inventing these gigantic. We call them mythology books, mm-hmm. um, uh, where you're learning everything you possibly can about the 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 story world, but also um, we because I studied how these worlds were built yep. in the first place. 
um, uh, we have this way of getting at the essence. What is it that truly makes this this brand distinct? What makes Spider-Man different from any other superhero character? Mm-hmm. What makes a Spider-Man story truly a Spider-Man story and not just another superhero story? Um, when by by deconstructing the mythology sure. of, of the character and the, and the character's world, we find those essential bits and show them to our client. And the client is usually actually quite surprised and delighted by, mm-hmm. by this information because you can now take that and make sure that it's in all of the different extensions of the world. So you can make sure that we don't get an emo Spider-Man in a, in a, in a film well, franchise. yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one uh, movie that got left off our Spider-Man film franchise Final Four poll was the, uh, the, the reviled Spider-Man 3. So, But I digress. Continue, please. Well... To, to take um, uh, that as an example, um, uh, when, when you have a, a character or, or a world that is mythic, that, mm-hmm. that, that, is, that you know is going to transcend our, our whole lives because of how powerful and potent they are, um, uh, the, the first thing that my company does is it pr- defends and protects the integrity of mm. that. Um, so it's great to have an artist come and and interpret Spider-Man. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. But if the artist imposes their vision and their persona almost too much onto it, sure, it becomes less about Spider-Man and more about the artist. Um, yeah, and the audience can sense that. And the audience, if if the audience senses that too much, the audience is going to go away. A good example would be Tim Burton then, how he was able to kind of balance that, you know, it's still a Tim Burton film, but it's a Batman film. There you go. You know, it he never, understood. It, yeah, it never, it never escaped that, uh, that realm where you're sitting there saying, I'm watching Edward Scissorhands here uh, in a Batman costume. And that's because uh, Tim uh, actually kind of understands the pain of the outsider, mm-hmm. um, the pain of that level of loss, not just in Batman, but in the villains. Yeah. Um, and, and you can feel that palpably in the Burton uh, Batman films. That makes total sense. So... What uh, so we had mentioned uh, Men in Black. I know you guys played a, a significant role in Men in Black Three. Can maybe give us a little background on that? Sure. Um, uh, uh, we were uh, um, brought to Sony Pictures uh, by Walter Parks, who mm-hmm. is uh, the uh, producer of the Men in Black films. Um, he had uh, the the they had an interesting question to pose to us, which is. Um, uh, when you think about Men in Black, you think about Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, right? Um, and um, and so the question is, um, uh, this is a a rich universe, and um, and it, but can it be a shared universe? Can the Men in Black uh, story world uh, proliferate across number of media platforms without necessarily having to rely on J and K, those yeah. two characters, and. Um, uh, the corollary question would be, well, we have Star Wars, but can there really be Star Wars without Luke Skywalker and Han Solo? Um, right. So uh, we had to, to uh, uh, very closely examine the Men in Black universe. And what's interesting is that Sony had these vaults uh, full of Men in Black stuff. Um, there was an animated series that we didn't even remember that ran for like four or five years. years. What? <laughs> it was there's like a hundred episodes that of, I, of Men in Black. So now usually Sam is the one with his jaw dropped <laughs> at, at some of our anecdotes. Now I am actually because I knew there was an, uh, a cartoon, but I thought it was like maybe like a pilot. And then oh it just no no it it, 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 wow. it was actually pretty good and and oh, had okay. its own continuity and things ah, like that. All right. There were novels. There were video games. Um, uh, we got sure. them all and mm-hmm. examined every facet, every aspect of of Men in Black. And you know, it's actually a kind of unique concept. Yeah, it's a police yeah. pr- procedural. Yep. You know, um, there's a serious undertone to mm-hmm. to the Men in Black universe, to the concept that was the equivalent of the the immigration experience uh, in the United States and, right. and, and things like that. Um, and there were all of these laws and clauses and, and ways uh, uh, that the earth interrelated with the cosmos um, that actually is, is kind of beautiful uh, as a conceit. And so our conclusion was, 
you can do this. You yeah. can proceed with or without uh, any individual character. Nothing against Will Smith. No, Love of him, course but, not, yeah. um, but you, you can proceed, and Sony was really impressed with this. So um, uh, our, our duties included that kind of cosmic um, uh, uh, mythology stuff, but mm-hmm. also we had to sit down and figure out how time travel works. <laughs> <laughs> in that, uh, in the in context of three. that universe, yes. right. Um, and, um, and we had to uh, think about what... Um, uh, a video game could do to mm-hmm. add and tell us more about Men in Black. We had to think about, um, uh, oh, there was a, an issue with toys, right? What is a cool Men in Black action figure? A dude in a suit? <laughs> Sunglasses? No. Um, you know, so what do we do? Right. We, we want more Men in Black toys. Um, and we, we said, well, the Japanese um, uh, Men in Black uh, base they they have different outfits there, which are kind of cool because they're Japanese. Right, right. <laughs> um, so now there are uh, all kinds of variations of the Men in Black suit um, that make for better collectability and, sure. and, and so forth. And of course, the bases are located in uh, the same places where there are great markets for Men in Black movies and, <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> it, it's funny too. You mentioned that too. I mean, I'm working on a project. I was mentioning to you on the way into the studio today. Uh, with Talon Caldwell and we had to pick apart and actually it's based on alternate reality so we're actually trying to craft what is our belief in science and try to base it in science as to how alternate realities work so there's so much depth that goes into these things that a lot of the general public don't even realize you know that goes into these kind of films and movies that that you know the writers you know sometimes if they're lazy and they're not taking to task all this stuff it, it, it creeps into the, into Mike, the finished we, project. We, uh, as as a company, we're shocked and appalled mm-hmm. by by uh, intellectual property stuff that gets on TV or yeah. into movie theaters, where it's clear that they did not sit down and think those things through. Yeah, I mean, in this day and age, where you can get a geek. Um, uh, by posting onto your Facebook page to explain how <laughs> dimensions work, right, right, um, that you don't do that um, is is a uh, it's a real problem. Yeah, um, and and even if your audience isn't entirely made of geeks, it's the geeks who are going to, to they're going to the pick talking. you apart. The, and and if you don't have your 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 stuff straight, they're they're going to you know uh, be disappointed in you, and and it does start to fall apart. So the work with Men in Black uh, was with Sony, and that ended up um, kind of leading into the Spider-Man franchises as well, too, or was it vice versa? So exciting, yes. Um, it was the the fact that um, uh, we did, they were really pleased with our, our Men in Black uh, work, and uh, and what happened is that, that Sony said, look, we'd like to retain Starlight mm-hmm. Runner. This transmedia thing is working out. <laughs> so so um, uh, that was the very first overall transmedia deal. So yeah. as transmedia producers, we were retained by Sony right. to work on their big franchises, and Spider-Man was, was next up, All which right. was awesome. Well, when we come back, we'll learn more. And I have a question in terms of what happens when a company doesn't actually take your advice. When we return. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
We are masters of technology here at uh, Secrets of the Sire. We've got our, uh, our YouTube video being recorded. Uh, apologies to the Periscope peeps. We usually have our Periscope feed coming in, and uh, next time we have Jeff on the show, which will be a next time because there's just so much to talk about, we'll be doing a, a live Periscope feed. Uh, but due to some unforeseen events today, uh, Periscope and you now not operational, but you'll be able to check out all our stuff on our YouTube channel. And uh, once we uh, get that going, we'll have some, scri sub some subscribers. We'll get a cool handle like Secrets of the Sire that you can just easily find us on there. Uh, until then, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Um, we have some video replays and video playbacks. So, Jeff, was, we were just talking about the Amazing Spider-Man franchises kind of piggybacked the work from the Men in Black franchises. And I'm sure there's some, some fans of the, of the franchises out there that sat there and say, well, this is great. You came in and you, you made sure that, that everything was supposed to be right. But what happens when things go wrong? And my uh, initial thought was, well, they probably didn't listen to you then. <laughs> so what, uh, what kind of examples in your, in your career has that happened? Um, well, you know, it's, um, it's always tricky because when you come in on, on projects of this immense size, yeah. you have a lot of very big egos, both uh -huh. on the business side, the marketing side, and of course the creators themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, uh, half the battle sometimes is for us to, to walk in on something like Spider-Man, which has Avia Rod, uh, which has Mark Webb uh, yep. uh, working on on them, and these are these guys are at the top of their game. Sure. Uh, the question would be, well, who the hell are you? Exactly. <laughs> and 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 why would I listen to you? Yeah. Um, and, and so forth. So, the the key here is to make them uh, uh, make all of the stakeholders we call them stakeholders <laughs> um, make all of them understand uh, number one that we uh, respect this amazing talent that. Mm -hmm. We're not geeks who, um, who, who uh, uh, you know, are opinionated and, and, you know, throw shade just to, you know, be yep. geeky. Um, uh, uh, we understand why s certain decisions are made. Um, but, um, but the key is in, in showing them that we have a fundamental understanding of the property, that we can take it apart as if we're taking apart a a race car engine uh -huh. and show all the pieces and go here here's how here's what it is here's how it works this is our aristotelian uh, uh narrative mm -hmm. you know it it goes back it dates back to to the dawn of civilization so we show them these parts and and we show them now here is why uh, the movie didn't do as well, the first movie. Mm -hmm. And and we, we show them, well, it's because your your Spider-Man is an archetype. And the archetype is that of the superhero, um, yep. you know, the, 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 the warrior hero, and the ordinary guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And and uh, when you combine those two things, you actually have something that's pretty unique in, right. in all of the, the Marvel canon. Um uh, but um, uh, the amazing Spider-Man, um, he only got to hero, <laughs> not, right. not superhero, which is a little bit disappointing. And and um, and uh, instead of the ordinary guy, the Andrew Garfield, Peter Parker was the uh, caregiver uh, uh. Uh, kind of character. He was very concerned about um, uh, uh, others. Uh, he was a deeply emotional character. And look, I sat there and loved uh, Andrew's uh, per performance. Yeah. But um, but it, it makes you want to kind of um, we we showed them in the. Uh, in the Twitter feeds, uh, uh, girls wanted to just kind of pet him like a little puppy dog, um, and that's not that's not Spider Man, right? You know, um, so we 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 Spider Man's told them, the lovable loser. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. We we needed uh, a, an adjustment, and frankly, they didn't. They didn't uh, right. uh, quite fix it for for the second uh, Amazing Spider-Man film, and um, and we told them, you know, it's you're not quite there, and they, <laughs> you know, whatever. It, it's that's a situation where it, it didn't happen. But I'm 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 extremely proud of the work we did on Spider-Man because there was also a kind of forensic work. Yeah. Um, uh, we. Um, when 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 we're entrusted with a, a story world, a uh -huh. franchise, 
we actually look at all of the rights that you own over that thing to see whether you're maximizing the potential, the financial potential of this character on every conceivable media platform, but also in your licensing and merchandising. Uh If you uh, really understand the the bridge that Spider-Man had to cross to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, (laughs) it wasn't so much about... Um, uh, 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 how he was going to be handled creatively. Mm-hmm. It was going to be how do we make money <laughs> um, by by kind of I, tempering I, our egos sure. <laughs> um, and, and allowing him to to go and and play with the Avengers. I ask that every day with, with this radio show. How am I going to make money on this radio show? Sponsored by Audible.com. You can uh, check out Audible.com's uh, vast library of selections. Click on Audible.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Creativity and making money. Oh, it always goes hand in hand, doesn't it? I love it. it I love it. <laughs> so what did you think of the trailer? Going well, full circle now. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, uh, first of all, that deal worked. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and um, and so Sony's going to make a lot of money yep. um, uh, from Spider-Man toys that are put out by uh, uh, ostensibly Disney. Okay. And vice versa when, when Marvel characters visit uh, Spider-Man in the Sony uh, uh, movies, which is going to be awesome. Um, no, actually, let's stop right there now. Uh-huh. So that's a good question. That's something I, I don't have insider knowledge on, but I think you do. The They were planning on doing a Sinister Six movie. Um, they were planning on doing a, a lot of spinoffs. They were basically, Sony was trying to milk you know, the, the characters that they did own, the world that they did own. But now that it's kind of you know, combined, what are we looking forward to in that regard? You kind of mentioned that a little bit, but could you expand on that? Sure. Um, something odd uh, uh, seems to have happened with regard to um, the uh, the distinction of rights within the Spider-Man uh, story world. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see, I, I believe, a, a Venom movie, for example, okay. which may not be a part of the Spider-Man story world. Um, okay. We we wouldn't necessarily recommend that. No. Um, no. But I I have to keep my mind open. Talented people, they could create a, an amazing Venom movie that if is not self-contained. In if mm-hmm. it's self-contained enough, where they don't allude to the fact. I mean, the problem that I had when I watched Amazing Spider-Man Two was having now lived through ten years of these awesome yeah. shared Marvel movies. Uh, New York gets blowed up, and. Well, where's Tony Stark to save the day, or where's right. you know? And it's and it, obviously, look, I'm I'm not naive and I'm not stupid. I understand he can't be there to save the day. I understand that all of the you know the Fantastic Four can't be there to stop whatever impending threat is happening. Um, and just like vice versa, when the Avengers get attacked by the aliens in the first movie, I know Spider-Man can't be swinging through there because I know the legal ramifications of things. However, mm-hmm. I would love you know I'm just used to it now. I'm used to thinking but this Mike, way. Um, I've heard you talk about this before. Yeah. Because I am a podcast listener. <laughs> um, and, and I do want to point out that when we were young and bought comic books, yeah. it didn't always happen, did it? Um, right. Uh, things would happen in, right. in, the, in the comics we loved. And we would think to ourselves, aren't the Avengers just down the block? Right. <laughs> right. Why aren't they coming to help? So I, 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 I give it a pass the way that I, uh, I give the comics a pass before. But, you know, talking about what we talked about earlier, there would always be that little thing in the box. Captain America would come in maybe a few issues later and be like, oh, sorry, I was dealing with that Diamondback <laughs> that issue is that was going on. And you go, oh, yeah, that was an issue 373. But you're right. We actually, as readers and fans, would help actually shape our own story universe from their story universe and fit it all together and we, say we would and and that was actually half the fun to be it, honest it was with you. and you know um uh somebody who does that really well actually is greg berlanti with the uh, yes. uh television dc things occasionally yes something awful happens and somebody mumbles under their breath oh uh, flash is not around he's in another dimension right. so we we can't call on him for help you know so um uh he he handles that well and it's kind of cool not yeah. all the time yeah but once in a while it's a nice throwaway. So one of the things actually we talked about too um, on the side uh, was the, or at least we briefly mentioned it uh, off the side that I'd like to talk about on air is uh, Agent Carter. Um, Agent Carter is one actually one of my favorite uh, of the two Marvel TV shows, Agents of Shield, Agent Carter. The first season, Agent Carter, I thought was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Ratings not so great. 
Um, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through. I have it all DVR'd. Where, uh, my friend and I are binge-watching it now. Still, I think, one of the best shows, but it did not, it did not pan out. And why she is breaks that? my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Agent Carter breaks my heart. I love her. I love this show. Yeah. Um, uh, and now here's here's the, the thing. Um, uh, when when you uh, are making um, a, a something that's set within a shared universe. Yeah. Uh, the Marvel Universe in this case, you you need to understand something about what you're you're doing that that's a little bit abstract. Mm-hmm. And, and that is essentially what is this doing or saying that is uh, uh, both commenting on and contributing to right. the greater fabric of the story world. Mm-hmm. And the problem with Agent Carter is that it's it's only doing that half-heartedly. Okay. Um, so uh, when we sit down and watch the show, the the um, uh, there there are these tantalizing little hints, sure. like like this negative uh, energy gook that's in this new thing right. is a Doctor Strange concept. Okay, but but they're not committing to that, and they're yeah. they're not um, uh, 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 showing us that that this narrative is actually. Um, uh, taking us a significant step forward right. in in the universe of of Marvel, um, it, it's not paying that kind of serious homage to the sure. fans, and um, and we're we're disappointed. Yeah, uh, there's also one thing that that people. Um, uh, really ought to understand about the distinction between the Berlanti uh, uh, television shows sure. and the Marvel Network shows. Berlanti was very clever. He devised um, uh, a special effects house that was dedicated to this. He, he was determined to create a DC television universe. Right. Um, those effects are fantastic and, and, and pretty spectacular. Supergirl is, uh-huh. is, is amazing stuff. And uh, and then when you switch over to Agents of Shield and, and Agent Carter, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's half-hearted effects. It, it's funny because well, I definitely agree with you on the effects, but it's funny Agents of Shield actually didn't start really firing on all cylinders until they embraced the fact that they were in Marvel Universe. I know when it first started out, with the exception of having uh, you know Deathlock in the first episode, it um, for the most part kind of shied away from. You know, they they wanted to be a procedural kind of drama. They wanted to kind of you know, and then once they said, okay, we, we can't do that. We got to do Inhumans. The show actually got really good. So, want to talk dirt? Yes. Uh, here's here's some of the politics that that's going on. Um, uh, the 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 effort to tie uh, Agents of Shield into the Marvel Cinematic Universe right. was Kevin Feige's. Kevin actually okay. promoted this this uh, crossover. His relationship with uh, Joss Whedon was yep. good at the time, mm-hmm. and um, and so we were we we led into something which was unprecedented in transmedia. Uh-huh. The fact that you could uh, watch a movie on Friday night and on Monday the TV show could be directly impacted by what happened. That's in the movie. when it got good. That was awesome. That's when it got good, except that for me because I had it on DVR. Oh, and didn't. Oh no, actually, wait. <laughs> it, it worked out in in, in uh, reverse the second time. The first time, my friend and I watched the Agents of Shield before we watched Captain America. Oh, that's no. Good. And then we said, <laughs> "What the heck?" Whoops. Not what the f because that'll get us kicked off YouTube. Uh-huh, apparently, uh, but. Then the uh, for the second one second time around, I think I ended up seeing Avengers before Agents of Shield, right. and and it and it flowed a little, you know. But okay. what a brilliant concept! It, a fantastic concept. The problem really is that that uh, uh, television uh, was run under network television was run under Marvel more proper, uh, and the the powers that be at at Marvel Comics were at odds, unfortunately, with mm. Marvel Studios, and and so um, uh, that reached a crisis point. And Kevin Feige left, um, yeah. uh, uh, being uh, controlled by Marvel, and and now is under uh, the Disney banner once and for all. And unfortunately, that caused the television and, and the films to drift apart again. Okay, so I was going to actually have uh, Jeff rank his uh, Spider-Man films, but we're going to actually touch on what he just said when we return. <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are 
Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back. We are rounding up another great episode of Secrets of the Sire. We're here every week, Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. You can listen to us live on TalkingAlternative.com. You can join the conversation on our Twitter uh, feed, Michael underscore Dolce. I am your host, Michael Dolce, and that's where that comes from. Secrets of the Sire is also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. And uh, coming up again next week, we're going to be doing a two-part crossover with the guys from Bad Coyote Funky. Uh, so you can catch us on Twitch TV at 9.30 at night, next Thursday night, March 24th. And then come right back the next day because you can't get enough of this. It's only been, I mean, Jeff, has the time not flown? It's amazing. It's amazing <laughs> how quick it goes. So uh, March 25th, 11 a.m. Eastern, TalkingAlternative.com, uh, where I welcome the Bad Coyote Funky Bunch back on the show. And I'm going to make sure they don't get us banned from YouTube, which they did last time. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. But um, we were talking a bit about the void now that is kind of existed or the or the uh, you know whatever you, we were kind of mentioning between the Marvel Comics and Marvel Studios and just want to get back to that for a second mm-hmm. i think that's pretty uh, pretty juicy stuff well it's it's um it, it's a, a frustrating aspect of of the um uh, the business that people uh, want to assert power and and sometimes uh, they they break the golden rule mm-hmm. which is that the story world uberalis right okay. the story yep. world must be above any petty politics any uh, uh, squabbles and, and and things like that the the defense and the protection of that world has to be primary mm-hmm. so so um, uh, I'm hoping that um, uh, the the issue of personalities will kind of eventually wash away so that uh, these uh, various uh, aspects of the Marvel Universe can click together in more powerful ways. One of the good signs, mm-hmm. I think, is that the Russo brothers, sure. um, they are incredibly powerful the, they got a, their own deal in china they're running a movie studio in china these wow. guys um uh, creating gigantic because well, they're, they're not there. busy enough to be honest with uh, you, you directing know, and, the next and, two avengers movie avengers and, Infinity and, War. and civil yeah, war yeah. and all that uh, okay so um there there's every indication that that the indulgence that everyone's going to have to give them is to surrender their Marvel <laughs> characters so that they can show up in, in Infinity War. So okay. we may well see right. Netflix characters and uh, and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters and, and, and so forth showing up in this uh, fantastic two-part movie. I would actually love to see the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. character characters obviously Coulson was in the original Avengers but that was before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. existed uh, I would love to see like a death cl- Deathlock cameo um, or uh, Daisy maybe making an appearance mm. somewhere kind of contributing somewhere I think that would actually be really cool but Very I don't want to I don't want to con- I don't want to make this exclusively about Marvel <laughs> um, even though we are running our March Madness bracket you can still vote the voting is still going on we are ranking we we actually limited our um, Spider-Man franchise is down to four. We narrowed it down to four. We have Spider-Man, ama- uh, Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. We left out the god-awful Spider-Man 3. And uh, you can vote on to which one should advance next in the bracket. But I want to give a little love to the DC Universe. Sam is actually a big Arrow fan. Uh, Sam, our, en- our engineer. Um, I haven't really gotten into that because I was always a Marvel guy. Mm. But again, I want to show some love to the... There's tons of DC people out there, and there's tons of people interested in that universe. Talk to us about the DC and uh, Flash and Green Arrow. And and, and the, the thing that I thought was funny is Justice League... 
and and the movies are completely separate. They um, are. But when I was reading recently, they've actually kind of handled it in a way the comic books did too by having two realities. So. And that is entirely on uh, Greg Berlanti. Okay. Um, look at how clever this guy is. If, yeah. if, if I were going to build a, a story world on TV, I'd do it the way Greg is doing <laughs> it. Um, uh, how'd that happen? By, um, uh, by first of all, um, loving, truly, genuinely loving these characters yeah. and loving their story world and, and, and being able to pick and choose from uh, a fairly limited uh, uh, amount of continuity to, to, to build it because, of course, the movies get to steal whatever they want. Sure. Um, and, and so you have Arrow, but then you, 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 you spin off Flash. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, as soon as he got to Flash, he knew this could continue to build. Okay. So yeah. he was, if you noticed, he generates enormous numbers of characters. Yeah. Uh, superpowered characters yep. in each of these shows. So, so. Um, what's his his real plan? Well, with Flash, he he said, "Well, we need a special effects studio. We need something where every single actor uh, uh, we we work with is scanned, yeah, and then uh, uh, they can continue to work on this these effects to make them look better and better and better and better." And that's what he he did. Once you have that factory, you can yeah. make a lot of shows, yeah, um, and um, and they can start crisscrossing over with each other because it becomes less and less expensive to mm-hmm. do these effects and um and uh um the the big experiment was cbs and supergirl yeah um where uh that's clearly another uh universe but cleverly of course he with flash he establishes the multiverse yeah which is inclusive Uh of the universe of the movies okay the other thing that i thought was funny uh, not funny but but really interesting about about greg you mentioned uh and it, and it actually shot, uh, shed a little light for me. You know, when you read about guys doing these shows, with the exception of Mark Guggenheim, because he's got, he's got comic book roots, mm. you know, growing out of him for, for a while, I didn't even realize how that is Berlanti's focus. Generally, a lot of these people, they're showrunners, um, but they have the aspirations to do more than just a fictional, because they want to do this passion uh, relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> movie that, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But it sounds like Berlanti's goal from the day one is I want to, I want to own this. That's right. This universe thing. So that uh, that's pretty much what his goal was from day one. Then that's right. Now let's let's look at Guggenheim because because there's uh, we've been looking at this very closely because mm-hmm. uh, you have the. Um, uh, the the what's the tomorrow um, uh, TV series? This oh uh, yeah 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 I know exactly what Legends of Tomorrow yeah. right okay so so Legends of Tomorrow um, has a, a a kind of mishmash of of superhero characters yeah. and um, and uh, you have a a comic book writer mm-hmm. uh, essentially running that that show um, but uh, the, there is a uh, a, a kind of looseness uh, to that show that's different from from the others, um, and um, and in fact uh, there is less of a focal point. Mm-hmm. The the uh, conceits of of Legends of Tomorrow are a bit more like traditional uh, comic books, yeah. And um, and so the show is creatively and, and ratings wise, it's faltering uh, just a little bit, right? So what I'm hoping is that that Berlanti comes in and helps uh, Mark um, put a focal point on that show, put a, a, a charismatic lead character in in place, yeah, and and gets it back into uh, the the groove with the other. Uh, yeah. Uh, shows. I, I found that to be fascinating when I heard, you know, obviously reading all the, the TV previews and whatnot. I mean, I didn't even know and again, I am I'm a DC novice. Uh, Batman was my book for DC. I loved Chuck Dixon's Robin way mm. back when. I mean, that was that was the DC book I would be reading consistently. Uh, Scott Snyder's uh, and Greg Capullo's run on Batman. That's sure. what I'd be reading. So, and then when Jim Lee and Jeff Johns did Justice League, I was like, oh, I have to check this out because it's Jim Lee and Jim Lee's sure. uh, an, art, art, an art, art god, a comic book art god. So we have to, you know, bow down before it and, and read it and uh, but for the most part, I didn't even know who half these characters were <laughs> in Legends of Tomorrow. And I found it kind of, kind of, I kind of found it to be almost pandering, almost like to this, to this crowd, like as if Warner Brothers was saying, we need to get another superhero show on the air. Let's do this. It didn't seem as strategic. So it, it wasn't uh, quite as strategic. Um, I, I, I know that. 
um, uh, there's a great love for the actors mm-hmm. um, and and, um, and a desire for to, to keep those actors working and, yeah. and in front of the screen and to leverage these effects and 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 so forth. Um, uh, you know, it, it just it, it's it's not quite enough, but it's not insalvageable. They can I think they can do something with it. Okay, well, Jeff, we've had a a lot to talk about. And we've gone through a lot of things, but now I'm gonna I'm gonna do the I'm gonna put you through the secrets of the Sire Ringer. Uh oh. We've got our March Madness bracket. We ranked our top four sp- uh, Spider-Man films, and we're having fans vote on it. Um, surprisingly, the leader at the moment is the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. I actually like Spider-Man Two myself. What's your favorite out of out of the bunch? Spider-Man Two is the quintessential mm-hmm. um, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, I have to uh, admit, um, uh, behind it. And perhaps it's because of, of uh, my own sentimental reasons. Um, uh, I'll put Amazing Spider-Man. There was a um, uh, th- there's just a, a, a darkness and sweetness to to Andrew's performance that mm-hmm. I like, and um, uh, uh, y- you know I, I worked on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 the original Spider-Man, Sam Raimi, and, and then uh, and then I got to put uh, uh, Amazing Two ahead of Part Three. Well, yeah, um, yeah I think that was the general know, consensus do? for everyone. You, you know, the funny thing going back, and, and, and you listen to the podcast, so you know, Spider-Man 3 was two movies in one, and it's unfortunate because the Venom storyline I thought was actually really fantastic, and you could tell Sam Raimi wanted nothing to do with it. There is an example of, of putting um, uh, egos and, and, and pocketbooks in front of yeah. um, uh, a, a true love and, and making sure that the story world remains overall. So, you know. Okay. But before we let you go, mm-hmm. we have one dilemma, and we have a minute to do it. <laughs> we have our Superman bracket starting up oh after this one, and we've got Superman, Superman 2, and then we've got Man of Steel. What is the fourth best Superman movie available? The choices, unfortunately, are Superman 3 and 4 or the Brandon Routh, uh, Brian Singer reboot. They're, best out of the three, okay. what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Singer's uh, Superman, is it Reborn? Um, yeah. Uh, is is so wonderfully gay. <laughs> um, it, it's actually beautiful. It's it's an yeah. homage to yeah. to uh, a, a coming out story. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that I have to give it props from that specific perspective. Done and done. <laughs> I'll also go with that because Superman 3 actually gave me nightmares as a kid. <laughs> we have had a jam-packed show. Once again, you can uh, download the podcast on iTunes. You can actually go to TalkingAlternative.com and get it first. It's usually up the day after. Um, I'm not going to hold Sam to that. Uh, we've had a great show next week. Bad Cowdy Funky. Tune in um, 9.30 at night, Thursday night on Twitch.tv slash Bad Coyote Funky. And then come right back here. Contact. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, Jeff Gomez at Jeff underscore Gomez at Jeff J E F F underscore Gomez on Twitter and on Facebook Jeff Gomez. Perfect, Jeff. We are going to be back again, so oh, don't okay. don't you worry. We're gonna we're gonna make you a recurring <laughs> here. So it's been a great episode of Secrets of Sire, and we will be back here next week. Fantastic. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. 
Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 